Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 40 and today we have the wonderful Mark Modesti back on the show. Hi, this is Mark Modesti. You're listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. I'm really excited to have Mark Modesti back on the show today. I really enjoyed our first interview and it was such a remarkable story that Mark has shared with us. So let me give you a little glimpse on his bio. He recently accepted early retirement from UPS as a logistics and supply chain consultant, where he had served multiple project teams for developing cultural improvements and sales enhancements. He is a co-founder of Platform Creator and recent winner of the Alt MBA Walker Award. In 2015, he presented a TED Talk on the argument for trouble, which we are going to speak about even more. And he has also contributed several articles to the UPS Longitudes blog. Mark and his wife, Nancy, have three adult children and live in the north of Texas. He is an avid reader and also part of the team that travels to colleges in the US facilitating What's Next roundtables to discuss with the students. Hi, Mark. I am so super excited to have you back for Heart Cells Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I Looking forward love- to it. Yeah, I loved our first conversation and, you know, we kind of finished off with that as an entrepreneur, you can actually choose your clients, right? It's not you, the victim who needs to rely on a yes or a no. You should be making the decision in a conversation if you truly wanted to work with that person. And I'm quite sure for a lot of entrepreneurs, when they hear sales, there is fear evolve, involved, and it evolves the more they think about it. Sure. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, I ran a, um, a, a challenge um, in my Facebook group, and I started off with asking people how they feel when they hear the world making a sale. And, you know, the answers were just astonishing. Like my stomach turns, I'm afraid I stammer on my words, um, I feel tension in my body, I feel like um, I want to run away, I'm afraid that I'm putting my products onto someone that I force them to buy. It was like, you know, when you just listen to it, it was amazing. And during the course of the challenge, it was so wonderful to see when people actually take care of their fears and they can shift their mindset. And I call it a sales success mindset. So when they shift their mindset of the results they can create. And on day three, they had to call people to have a conversation, but not a sales conversation, but a conversation to learn about the person. And you know what happened? They made sales. Because the opportunity presented itself. So, and I know that you work that way. You have a conversation and then you make an invitation if it is a fit. Correct. So overcoming fear, and we have another example we want to share uh, later on, but overcoming fear, like what did you do in your life when you were in those sales conversations 
for the first time when you were new to sales, how did you manage this tension um, and how did you manage to, to move on and to make such um, a big difference, not only for your life and your career, but also for all the people you, you got to serve on, on the way? Sure. Yeah. Well, as you know, sales is an art and it's a practice. And I didn't learn that at first. It, it takes time and it takes walking into sales situations, sales calls, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. <laughs> and so I think that's a big, that's a big part of it. And, and the other is you made me think of, you said the word opportunity. One of my favorite quotes is, life is not a problem to be solved. It's an adventure to be experienced. And for those folks, they're kind of caught up in the problem side of it. And it really does help, I think, re reposition ourselves when we can think to ourselves, what's the opportunity? Even as a sales, you know, a seasoned sales professional, I would find myself in conversations with clients about the problem, um, cutting costs, rather than the opportunity, growing the business. What does this change in your supply chain mean for the future of the growth of your company? That's what crowds out some of the problems conversations, yeah, yeah. is the opportunity. Well, the perceived value, right? Why would you talk about the price if you mm -hmm. get or receive so much value that price becomes irrelevant? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So I love yeah. talking um, about overcoming fear because we, we all yeah. have fear. I've never met any person who, had, who never had a fear in their life, right? <laughs> so yes. it's such an important um, skill set, especially when you are an entrepreneur and you have so many unknown situations. And um, as um, we said in, in your um, bio, when, when I presented you as a guest, you're also a TED back speaker. So tell me a little bit about the story because, you know, being featured on TEDx, that's like, that's an honor, right? Mm -hmm. It's nothing that you can just show up for. Sure, <laughs> sure. Buy and it's like, it's a process. So give us a little bit of background because I know that speaking for so many people is a big fear and speaking and sales is kind of related, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't yeah. speak Sure. Uh, to one person, to 10 people, to 100, uh, like, what do you do? So give us a little bit on this amazing story. I'm really excited to hear that. You know, it's funny because people ask me, you, you always associate the fear with stepping out onto the stage, which of course is, you know, there's some fear. People ask me, were you afraid? No, I wasn't afraid. I was terrified. <laughs> Could you tell? <laughs> Slight different. But, <laughs> yes. And there were, but there was also the fear at the beginning. And I almost missed the opportunity and oh. it wasn't an overwhelming fear, but it was, uh, here's a company with 400,000 employees that extends invitations to everyone. Hey, what's your idea? We're doing a Ted talk event and you have a chance. So send us an idea. Well, of the 400,000, 1%, 400, take them up wow. on the initial offer. And I was going to be one of those, the rest, <laughs> because I really, I actually ignored the first couple of accounts. And, and there was a, because of a little jolt of fear that said, you don't know how to do a TED talk, or 
you've never done a TED talk, or I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could get out on stage like that. And I love TED talks, you know, yeah, but yeah, amazing. it's just kind of a, Hey, I'm, I don't have time now. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And eventually someone sent me an email from our corporate office and said, Hey, you know, I think you ought to give this a shot. And then my wife found out and she was like, why in the world would you not <laughs> give it a shot? Why would you not take that opportunity? Yes. Yeah. And the 400 is, you know, trimmed down to a hundred, which ultimately is trimmed down to, I think there were 12 speakers selected. Wow. Out of 400,000. Yeah. And, it, and I almost missed the opportunity and, and the overriding, I guess, impulse when I finally decided to was, huh, I wonder what would happen if, if I yeah. give this a shot. That, it, it can't hurt to take a run at it. Yeah, yeah. I love this idea because it changes your whole state. I wonder if. Mm -hmm. Right? It's a different self-talk than well, I've never done that. That sounds difficult. Oh my goodness, what if I if I'm the loser on stage? What if they laugh at me? Right? That can happen yes, in yes. conversation as well. You know, I had clients hanging up. I had clients laughing at me when I said the investment. You know, I mean, if you practice long enough, you get all the situations. Sure. <laughs> you can't sure. even imagine. Um, but I think that really makes you stronger and more flexible and gives you ideas about how people think. Yes. Yeah. Which is fascinating to me. Totally. Totally. So once you overcame that initial questioning yourself <laughs> what happened yeah. after you ask a better question <laughs> like what if yeah you know the the fear was um i don't know how to give a ted talk well of course you don't you you haven't done it you don't know what it's like to give a ted talk but after you're selected ted has these brilliant coaches that help you with the process and you learn how to do a ted talk um but you know <sighs> It's interesting that we accuse people of being having false confidence when they say, I can do anything, because they don't really know that. Um, but we don't often think of the other way, the other side of that, is those who say, I can't, because they don't really know either. And I think, right, because we don't know until we try. Yeah. 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 And I, I love Jim Collins' question. Uh, to young people, he asked them, what's the opposite of failure? Um, I'm sorry, what's the opposite of success? Nice. And they always say failure. And he says, no, that's not what it is. It's, it's not trying. It's not, it's giving up. That's, that's the opposite of success. And so that impulse um, it, where we think we can't, I think is just as, in a way, it's almost just as prideful as saying we can when we don't really know, you know. Take a run at it. Let's find out. Yeah. Awesome. So how was it once uh, the TED Talk was over? How did you feel? Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, just a great experience and so much learned. The whole creative process, that's another conversation. But it, it opened something up in me that really caused me to change my path. Probably had a lot to do with me deciding on uh, accepting the early retirement <laughs> and and the writing I'm doing and the creative work I'm trying to, to do more of, mm. it probably started there. I, I just gained so much respect for that process and for the, the coaches 
um, it was just they they're artists and and I just had such an appreciation for who they are and what they do and uh, it's it's almost like sales too I, I mean I, I got up to sell an idea um, mm-hmm. in front of a group yeah so do you remember your very first sale that you ever did in your life gosh what's the first with a company one? with a company what well, doesn't matter <laughs> i mean we have like all these amazing stories from oh gosh you know well it had to have been when i was a toddler selling my mom on the idea of giving me a cookie <laughs> there we go <laughs> so what well let, um, let me let me ask in a different way so what is the very first sale you remember where you exchanged money for something. Yeah. So you received yeah. money as an outcome. You know, most likely I wouldn't remember and it would have been a car or something, but I remember at UPS, um, it would have been a, a small business, a small printing company. I think it was, was my, my first sale. And it, I've failed my way to, making that sale in a way because it was all so new to me. And of course I had some help initially if you'd have someone riding along with you when you're new. And I can still picture the, the person running that company. Even after all those years. Uh, I can, he was an older gentleman. Yeah. And, and he worked really hard and it was a family business and he took a lot of pride in his business. And it took time to get his attention and even longer to get his trust. But uh, yeah, I can still picture him. If I thought about it long enough, I think I could remember his name. I know the name of the company. But uh, that's the thing too, I wonder, uh, you know, so many people work so hard in small businesses. And and there's, a, there's an impulse to think that they don't have time. Um, but, and, and I remember that being a time when I felt that way. It's like, this person's too busy. They don't, they don't have time for this. And it took me some time to kind of change my thinking about that, that they're so busy. I, I need to help them. I can do something to help them be less busy. I can take one decision off their plate. I can do one thing to make the business better for them. Um, I can help. Yeah. I love, I love this approach. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Because, you know, our listeners, when they have their, their own companies or their, their solopreneur, they have these gifts, they have these beautiful um, services or unique products. And the fear, like, you know, I don't want to disturb them, right? Mm-hmm. Or they might not have time for me. It's not that they have time for you. They have time for your solution. So mm-hmm. taking you out of the equation and just seeing what can be done to make the client's life easier is such invaluable mm-hmm. insight to approach it this way because then you can call anybody at any time, basically, because it's important. It supports yeah. them, right? It's not that yeah, and you take away from them. You give. Yes. And, and, it's, and I think it's important to learn that no is not the end of the world. Yeah, definitely not. Um, No is a great teacher. And sometimes no just means no for now or no to this product. Um, To be okay with hearing that word no, it's 
there's a lot you can learn from the no. I, I had a sales manager who asked me more often, tell me about your failed sales efforts. Tell me your fail stories. Everybody, most sales managers want to hear the success stories. You want to hear the fail stories. And then we had great conversations about what I learned. Um, no is, is part of the process of getting to yes, you know, and especially when, when you're new to the process, you've, you've got no's as information sources and yeah. valuable information sources about what doesn't work. Yeah. But, but what you were speaking to also made me think of empathy and the importance of empathy and how um, under, understanding why they say no is an example of empathy. But to take it a step further, I was recently part of a learning experience. And one of the tasks was to write about why your client chose the competitor and why they were right. Because based on their experience, what they know, they were right. In their minds, they were making the right decision by saying no. And it was a really fascinating exercise. And you could do this about someone you agree, disagree with as well. I actually did it about um, a topic that a loved one and I disagree about. And I took my 22-year-old daughter dinner, same daughter. And I just said, tell me how you feel about this and tell me how you think people like me feel about this issue. And it was, it was so, it opened my mind so much, not just to my daughter and how she thinks about it, but the topic and how I'm perceived by her and others. And it's just a, it's such an eye opener. So I think that's a, there's gold in, in the word no. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, episode 21 and 22, um, I had Andrea Waltz on the show um, with a bestseller, Go For No, Yes is the Destination. It was a really interesting conversation as well. What, what I just like, because you took uh, your daughter as an example, and um, you know, I would just extend that to every relationship. And mm -hmm. we often see business as a business and forget that it's all about the relationship, mm -hmm. right? It's all about the relationship with your clients who are hopefully your fans and sure. who you have decided to work with and they as well. So it's, an, it's a relationship and, and serving them in the best way possible is the task. And for that, often it is you need to get out of your own way. Yeah. Because you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and as you, said, you, don't, you don't know how your daughter perceives you. You don't know what she thinks about you. You can't change her thoughts. So, right. you know, just stopping to worry about it. That often we think like, oh, what, what's this person going to think? How are they going to feel about me? And it's, it's then the attention gets to back to us, on us. But it's not what it is mm -hmm. about in a relationship. It's about the other person. So I, yeah. I love that exercise. So can you, can you explain it again for somebody who would love to sit down and do it by themselves? Yeah. So picture someone, pick someone that you disagree with. And, and that could be, I mentioned sales being the polite disagreement. Maybe they, what the disagreement was. No, the client said no. And put yourself in their place. And, and I think that it's also worthwhile and I've, I've done this too, and it can be very insightful, just go back to the client and say, can I just get one more conversation? Why didn't you pick us? 
and you're going to hear parts of the story that you overlooked. Um, you're, and I think that, uh, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but the story thing is such a huge part of sales as well. So the exercise is uh, you could either write about it, and what, what it really helps is to write about it, think about it, and then have the conversation and say, tell me why you disagree. And ask questions, tell me more. You ask them questions, say, tell me more. And when you say that, what do you mean by that? And really get clear on exactly how they feel about it. Because, and I think it does help to think about them as being right. And in their mind and in their experience, they are right. Um, so it's just, it's a real eye opener. Yeah, amazing. I, I love that. Um, so to, to wrap up this interview, usually I do ask about a favorite quote or mantra. You did already share one. <laughs> would you like to share another one? <laughs> or what, what, what advice would you want to leave us with? I think it's to, to be willing to say, what if? What if I were to take a run at this, starting this business, making this next call? and And being okay with the fear, I know that's two pieces of advice. Um, so let me start over. I guess my advice would be to relax a little bit about the sales barriers you may have and recognize it as an opportunity to help and not a problem that you have to solve. Um, and see where that takes you uh, as a way to dance with the fear and the tension. Is, is to just be willing to take a run at it. Yeah, and as you, as you mentioned with the TED Talk, you felt amazing afterwards, right? Oh, yeah. What if yeah. you would have missed on that opportunity? No kidding. And, and I don't want to miss those kinds of opportunities anymore. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing all your wisdom. It was a pleasure having the conversation with you. And uh, yeah, I just loved it. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Really enjoyed this time. I just enjoyed learning from Mark over the last two episodes at Heart Sales Podcast, and I hope you did get a lot out of it too. Like going for a TED Talk out of so many people and then actually making it, being on stage, achieving that much as he has is such a big inspiration and shows us that we all have to start somewhere. But starting somewhere doesn't mean that you have to stay there. So I really enjoyed this interview and I hope it brought you a lot of value as well. You find all the show notes, the transcripts, the resources we talked about at christineschlonsky.com. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com and also sign up for the empowerment notes. This is my weekly newsletter where I share amazing content with you to empower you on your journey, to keep you up to date with the latest free content and yeah, to give you some tips and advice from my life and um, the guests I'm interviewing here on Heart Cells so that you can get to your next level with more ease or with more inspiration or with more motivation. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have an amazing day and bye for now.